Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, here with a challenge. Wow. This is what they call coming strong to the hoop. Do you hear that clanging? Brian, insert a clanging noise. That's a gauntlet (laughs) being thrown down. Wow. A gauntlet that I have kept at my desk for months in preparation for this moment. Wow, this is extraordinary. I mean, this is unprecedented in Jordan Jesse Go history. Usually on Jordan Jesse Go, we don't do anything. Brian, add a little train noise. That'd be kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey Jordan, uh, can we have Brian add, uh, like, you know that kind of old-timey car horn, like, ahooga? Yeah, right. Would that be good? The old ju- the jalopy, the classic jalopy. Yeah, like a jalop, a real jalop. Um, yeah, Brian, uh, call Jay Leno and have him record his personal one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brian, can you get me a steam car? <laughs> yeah. A steam-powered car? Don't go to yeah. a sound bank for these. Have, have Leno record them personally. It's a lot of yeah. a warmer texture. Oh, I'm not talking... Jordan... I'm asking Brian to get me a steam-powered car. Oh, yeah. Sure, as long as we're ordering Brian around. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck else is he doing? I don't you know. know. I mean? Go get me a fucking steam car, Brian. I don't know. I don't know his life. Producer. What is that even? <sighs> Who knows? Get me a steam car. If you can't produce a fucking steam car for daddy, you're out. If you have a minute to spare uh, during your busy day of cashing checks, yeah, cashing you know big, what? fat production checks. You know what, Jordan? What? I feel like I'm being too hard on Brian. Yeah. Brian, go to Burbank, try and get me a steam car. If you can't, just bring back some Bob's Big Boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll be tempted to get the burger, but uh, maybe sometime try the fried chicken. Fried chicken's pretty good. It might be a special thing. It might be like an only on Fridays thing. Here's what I'm going to ask Brian to do. Go to Burbank, try and get a steam car. If you can't get a steam car, go to Bob's Big Boy. You'll be tempted to get the burger. Consider the fried chicken. In the end, just have whatever Drew Carey is having. <laughs> so here's the, I'll, I'll lay out the basis for the challenge and then I'll, okay. then I'll tell you the challenge. Because normally we're we're both terrified of conflict, so there have been very few challenges on this program. Oh, I've grown to love conflict. Actually, it's kind of my new thing. <laughs> I'm always starting shit. Oh, really? Is that how you grown in quarantine? Oh yeah, a lot of people are baking bread, doing puzzles. Me, I'm calling family members and airing my old grievances. All right. Yeah, loving it. This is cool. Um, it's okay. So it's the ho- the holiday season is is a coming. The Christmas music's uh, come to Coast One Hundred Three Point Five, so that that's how we know that the holiday season is upon us. Jordan, what about the wave? Oh, I don't know if the wave does Christmas music. I think they're probably doing. They're Christmas probably doing music Christmas right music. Um, Brian, call the wave and tell them to start doing Christmas music. Or go down there. I don't know. If they're in Burbank, you can just kind of make a day out of this. Brian, I don't know if you have a car. You can just take my steam car. <laughs> so the holiday season's here. So obviously, at some point on the podcast, we're going to start talking about Nog because that's it's, it's just what happens. Nog comes up. Nog is a theme. I got my first Nog of the year already. 
Did you? Well, there you go. See, it's it was coming. It was poking its head up. Um, Nog plenty. So that's one of our beloved traditions on the show. It's talking about Nog around the holiday season. Um, but I mean, I think this year, I mean, we've added a lot of great, you know, new traditions, new interests, you know, new topics. And I saw a way to kind of combine the old and the new. You know, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And now I'm going to interject very quickly. Yes, Jesse, go ahead. I'm interested to hear how you Mm -hmm. want to work in something new. When you say we've added a lot of new topics and traditions, I do not remember us doing that. It's actually just the one. (laughs) I remember us rehashing the same Wario shit. Sure. Jordan, Jesse, go. The five stories. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Jordan, I'm originally from San Francisco. Yeah, you've mentioned it. Yeah. Um, So here's what I want. I know we have a lot of foodies in the audience. We might even have some drinkies. Possible we have a gourmand or two. I should hope so. So I would like to have a recipe contest Mm -hmm. for someone out there in the audience to create a Walton Noggins. <laughs> now, this is not to be confused with Walton Walton Goggins's uh, tutoring program. It it needs to be done. So I want to see some fun new spins on Nog. Uh, yeah, and and you know I think ideally it would be something that would taste good with or without alcohol. So let's you know let's let's have let's have it be both. And if, you know, you can incorporate, you know, some other aspects of Walton Goggins' career. He was in that Predator sequel that was pretty good that nobody talks about anymore. Maybe throw that in there somehow. I don't know, but I think... Vice Principles. Work in Vice Principles. Vice Principles. Pretty good. Not quite as good as the Righteous Gemstones, but still a lot of fun. Have you watched that Righteous Gemstones where he sings that song where he goes running through the house with a pickle in my mouth? Oh, yeah. That rules. (laughs) Uncle Baby Billy is that guy's name. What a show. Um, Great show. (laughs) Running through the house with a pickle in my mouth. Fuck is that? Okay. Uh, So... Let's collect some Nog recipes. Brian, bring us some finalists, and we will we'll have some sort of final Nog off. And only one can be Walton Noggins. There can be only one. It's like the Highlander. Ooh, he sh- Walton Goggins should play the Highlander. They should reboot that with him. He'd be great in that. Anyway. This is our first signature drink in quite a long time. Yeah, we've had a signature drink before, but um, I think it's time for a refresh. This is going to replace the Minnesota Danny. Well, yes, the, the much-beloved Minnesota Danny, a combination of Danny DeVito's Limoncello and Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Head Vodka. <laughs> People have been enjoying it for years, but now they can no yeah. longer enjoy it because it's it's all about it's going to be all about Walt, Walton Noggins uh, before the holiday season's over. Well, we have got a guest on the program. I'd like to hear her Nog thoughts uh, before I just launch into Nog Talk, because I did buy my first Nog. I was confronted by several brands, and I went with the store brand. And, I mean, it's nice to be nogging again, but, you know. Our guest on the program, a beloved podcaster, a beloved actor. She's uh, one of the stars of Space Force. She's one of the stars of Star Trek Lower Decks. And 
She has a brand new record album called Material Flats with Bethany Thomas, our guest on the program, the great Tawny Newsom. Hi, Tawny. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. What a warm welcome. Sorry you had to uh, sit through those inside jokes. <laughs> no, I was thrilled to, um, to try and formulate my own thoughts on Nog. Yeah, so do you have Nog thoughts? Um, it's funny because I've been so steeped in Star Trek for the last year and a half. <laughs> um, my thought immediately goes to the character of Nog from Deep Space Nine. Um, fantastic character. Oh. And, uh, th- so when you first started talking about Nog without the titular egg in front of it, my brain was just all on a tiny teen Ferengi boy. Um, (laughs) And then I recalibrated and I said, oh, right, it's Christmas time in this rudderless year where we don't know when anything is or what day anything is. Um, I realized that Christmas is coming. The holidays are coming. So you must be talking about the drink, the drink that is both too thick, too sweet and just right all at once. (laughs) That's exactly right. Now, here's something that I want to ask you, Tawny. You're already working on Star Trek Lower Decks. The Star Trek people are doing a lot of brand extension. Do you think Star Trek Tiny Teens is something we could pitch? Ooh. You know, they are doing a youth-oriented show called Star Trek Prodigy, but I don't know if they are tiny teens. I don't know their size or their age, so I think there might still be a window for you guys. Our uh, buddy Chad Quant, who we had on uh, a couple months back, is actually the boss of that. I think. Oh yeah. So, uh, should, I think we have a. I think we have a. We yeah. have a line. Should we pitch it to him? I mean, does he have the power to greenlight tiny teens? You should pitch it right to me. Just pitch it to me. <laughs> yeah, could you go through Tawny, who is already a Star Trek character. I'll do something. Great. <laughs> I mean, I think what it needs, you know, when I hear Tiny Teen, I think, is there a Riverdale Star Trek where everyone is a is is a sexy teen who you know is like really in their 20s? Ooh. So far, I've only pitched it to Maria Bamford, who uh, did a Star Trek mall tour live theater experience uh-huh. in the early 90s. Wow. What did she say? Did she pass? She passed for now, but uh, she said to bring it back to her because um, she's just she's just got a lot of stuff yeah, in development right now. Sure, sure, sure. She's busy. She's yeah. busy. I mean, I'm a little busy, but I will still do it. And I, oh, but only if we call it Star Trek Sexy Twenty Teens, hmm. so that we know they're teens, but they're also twenty. Good. Listen, it's right there. If we're trying to exude sex with this new star trek it should just be called deep space 69 right right <laughs> oh yeah, actually great fair. point oh i'm sure that porn that's exists really i don't yeah. want to go find it <laughs> um tawny when you got your role on star trek lower decks did you have to like how much star trek did you have left to consume like did you did you just have to like gorge on it um the only thing that i had not seen was like probably two thirds of the original series. And I don't know if I ever actually saw the first season of enterprise. So I went back to watch those. Um, I still haven't seen all of the original series. I know I'm a bad Trek fan, but I was a kid in the nineties and my Trek really was DS nine. And then, cause I was a little too young for uh, the next generation. But then I went back and watched it when I was like in college, maybe. But my parents are big Trekkies. Um, so I watched Deep Space Nine and Voyager like when they came out. And so then um, when all the new Treks started coming back, 
before I was even working for them, when Discovery premiered a few years ago, I like dove back into it. I started um, rewatching a bunch of The Next Generation with some friends long distance over text and we would like text back and forth. So yeah, when I got the job, I was kind of like, oh, I'm I'm still kind of steeped in this right now. Um, with the exception of Enterprise, that show is bonkers. And the first season, the first season is especially bonkers, but it's necessary. Which, Tawny, would you say is, excluding Star Trek 69, what, <laughs> Deep Space 69. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we, I'm, what sh- would I'm you sure s- we've made that joke on the show some, at some point. No one, no one get mad at us for repeating things. We're very delicate right now. <laughs> what would you say, Tawny, is the horniest Star Trek? Enterprise, 100%. Wow, you had that right off the dome. They just cover themselves in oil. They have to transport by just covering themselves in oil. Everyone's always naked. It's always these like shadowy... See, it, it's That's by far the horniest one. Wait, what's the explanation for the oil? The oil was like, they didn't have regular transporters, so they have to like grease up and... Oh, I'm like bastardizing it. I don't totally remember, but... <laughs> It's early transporter technology. They got to be greasy. (laughs) You got to be greasy. So is it like a pneumatic tube? Oh, now I'm like not remembering. My mom's going to yell at me. It's her favorite series out of all of them. (laughs) So your mom likes a greasy bacula, huh? My mom love a greasy bacula. Who doesn't like a greasy bacula? I'd grease him up. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. I'd grease him up in men of a certain age. (laughs) What's Bacula bacula doing now? I don't know. I think he's just greasing up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking out by the pool, dude. He used to grease up for pay. Now he greases up for play. Yeah. Well, then, you know, as soon as as soon as there's public events again, he's going to do a thing where uh, people chase him at county fairs and they try and catch him. <laughs> NCIS, Brian says. That, oh, sure, that sure, sure. Uh Tawny, we were we were discussing uh, before you before you came into the virtual recording room that we were reading the blurbs on your album, and we are both dying to know um, about the fact that is in that blurb that you have a recording studio in the Mojave Desert. Yeah, I mean that's where I'm talking to you from right this very moment. Whoa, ghost! <laughs> <laughs> is it a haunted desert? I mean, it might be. Watch out for scropions. (laughs) Some parts of the desert definitely haunted. Yeah, um, my husband and I moved out to the middle of nowhere a year and a half ago. Wow. Um, And I thought at the time, like, oh, man, it's going to be really tough to commute and all this stuff. But we really wanted space. And, you know, he's a drummer. He played all the drums on the album. So we've always wanted, you know, space where we could play the drums real loud and no one can yell at us. And we found that property and we loved it. And then we were worried about the commute, but then the pandemic hit. And so ain't nobody commuting anywhere. <laughs> so it's really worked out fine. <laughs> what? How far away are you? Um, I'm about about an hour. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad it's at not all. not too bad. It's like if you wanted to live in Long Beach. Yeah. It's just like Long Beach. <laughs> um, God, yeah. Tell me about the Mojave. Do, are there like, you know, courts selling desert people oh there are desert people um it is there's something about i've been i've been bringing this up with my husband he's from cleveland ohio but he's from a small suburb uh outside of cleveland and we met in chicago so we both lived a very city life but i grew up really rural um i grew up in vacaville 
which is about an hour from where you grew up, Jesse, but way less cool. Yeah. Shout out to Vacaville in between San Francisco and Sacramento. That's its best quality. (laughs) (laughs) It's between two places you've heard of. The betwixt city, they call it. I would say its best quality is it has the second best name of any rural California town after Los Banos. Really? You think Vacaville's second after Los Banos? Interesting. Wouldn't you say? Vacar means cow! Now I'm trying to think of other wildly named places. What about Sea Ranch? Sea Ranch is a good one. That's a good one, right? <laughs> You're really it barely strong. sounds like a place. It just sounds like two descriptors. <laughs> Man, I guys, I just watched a great Watsonville-based rap video. Mm. Watsonville. Yeah, shout outs to the Berry City, the Berry City. See, this is fantastic. Oh, I, I want to do NorCal humor all day. It'll be for four people and they won't like it. <laughs> Wait until we get into our Auburn material. Yeah, Auburn's whack. They have red dirt. <laughs> uh, so out in the Mojave Desert, is there like how is it hard to go to stores and things? How how out there are you? Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, we moved. I mean, there's nothing. It's a it's a solid like 45 minute trip to anything useful. And even that's not great. So what I used to do was before the pandemic is when I would leave, you know, I'd have like, I try and stack up my auditions or like if I was filming Space Force or something. Um, so when I'd be in town, then when I would leave, I'd just like stop at a Whole Foods kind of in the LA area and then I'd like take my take my provisions up the mountain you know um so there's not really much out here but I I like it you would stop at the Whole Foods and trade pelts for kombucha yeah (laughs) I'd sell a couple um bone knives that I made out of the back of my Toyota Tacoma uh, you make a great bone knife tawny i've thank you i'm getting i'm getting some for holiday gifts thank you so much buy local i mean vacaville that's bone knife country it's in the water (laughs) yes support your local support your local bone knife artisan everybody (laughs) don't get them off amazon no tawny this could be uh this could be a sensitive subject but i'm wondering in the mojave desert are there other african-americans not where I live, but when you go to some certain towns out here, I mean, yeah, there there are in a lot of the cities and towns, which are quite far from me. But when I have gone there for things, um, because I realized that that's where they all went when they were pushed out of Los Angeles, because right. the city of Los Angeles is so significantly less black than I mean, like where I lived before was Chicago and I didn't realize how how starkly different it was going to be until I moved here. And I was like, where are all the black people? But um, yeah, when they got priced out, they kind of moved to the the weird cities of the desert. So yeah, it can be it can be diverse if I drive for 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) What is the top thing you have discovered uh, in the desert land? Um, I'm a big so I have this cool app. Um, that scans all of my surroundings. Like I can point it at stuff. Speaking of Star Trek, it's kind of like a tricorder. Point it at a plant or something. And so in wildflower season, I was just like a little fucking botanist running around scanning shit. So now I'm that annoying old lady. See, because like my husband and I aren't having kids. So like now we just have like extensive hobbies. And so when people show up, 
I say things like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the buckwheat, it turns from a nice white color to a rust about this time of year. <laughs> so buckwheat identification. Yeah, that's what I'm on is, is plant identification. Wow. You know, I was, I was going for a walk today uh, with my family and our friend Elliot Kalin's family uh, from the Flophouse. His family's not on the Flophouse, but he is. And uh, we saw a colorful bird. And he did that to a colorful bird. He just pulled out yeah. his phone, pointed his phone at this bird, and the phone knew what kind of bird it was. This bird was like 40 feet away from us. Yeah, that one's, I have that one too, the the Merlin app, like the wizard Merlin. It's by the um, Cornell Ornithology Lab, and it, it'll identify any type of bird. It's crazy. And then it has, but it's it's, it's just a data mining thing. It just gets that bird's, uh, all that bird's porn search history. <laughs> well... That bird should have privatized its settings, I that's, guess. That's true. That's If you're out there, birds, privatize your settings and put a little piece of tape <laughs> over the camera on your laptop. I, honestly, I think we have to pass legislation so that birds' privatization settings default to keeping mm-hmm. their porn search history secret. Mm. Right, because not every bird is tech savvy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And every bird loves hardcore porno. <laughs> I think there's a fair amount of birds who like softcore porno with a little story. No, they love like fucking incest anal shit. Uh, you're, I, you're birds all, do. You, we're not talking. Yeah, because they just we're got not that one cloaca. Same, we're not talking to the same birds, Jesse. The birds I know love a little romance and they you're love, talking to birds you i'm nasty. talking to birds <laughs> you're nasty jordan <laughs> about softcore 90s hbo style pornography they love a story about a uh, an undercover <laughs> detective who gets in a little too deep wow who knew it's very snow white but also graphic <laughs> yeah it's both <laughs> i want to talk more about vacaville Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. So some, let's say somebody's like, obviously, if somebody's hitting up Auburn, California, they're going to want to go get a pie at Ikeda's. Always the pies. Yep. When someone's in Vacaville, California, what are they up to? What are the secrets of Vacaville? Well, you know, now it's kind of a cookie cutter type of a place that sort of looks like, like Vacaville kind of looks like Santa Clarita now. Maybe it's mm. a little smaller, but not that much. It's It's like probably 200,000 people and it's just kind of like a lot of you know pretty decent but generic you know there's like a home goods there's an REI there's a Best Buy whatever um but when I was growing up the thing everyone was really excited about was the outlet stores Mm. and I knew people I knew cool people like you Jesse Thorne who lived in San Francisco the glittering aisle of my dreams who would get on a bus (laughs) to come to my trash town, Vacaville Home of the Onion Festival, to go <laughs> shop at the outlet mall all day. And I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that people would come from San Francisco, the place that had everything, the place where the the hit film The Rock was filmed, my favorite movie <laughs> when I was in middle school, no lie. They would come to my stupid town. I couldn't believe it. What were the outlets there? Was there like a uh, Ralph Lauren, oh boy. Uh, Tommy Bahama. What did you have? There was a Bass. There was a Williams and Sonoma. There was a um, White House black market where women bought boring clothes. Whoa. There was a dress barn where women bought dowdy boring clothes. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff, man. Oh, man. Bass. Go there. Get, get yourself some loafers. Just a thick sole. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. We've been asking uh, guests lately... Uh, 
where like teens slash young people in their town would go to be bad. I'm curious what that was in Vacaville. We've had we've had some interesting answers. We had a a, a, a Christian all ages club called JC Pineapples. We had a drive in <laughs> porno theater. We had some sort of punk house that had a furry in it. Um, yeah, where were where 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 would a teen go if a teen wanted to like you know like smoke with other teens? God, is it so sad that I don't know, and I've also never been asked, so no one ever thought that I would know. <laughs> Do you want to call some of your Star Trek friends and ask them? <laughs> right well the holodeck that, of course uh, yes we could go smoke in our minds we could go rebel <laughs> or, in our brains sure. or go smoke in victorian england yes. sherlock holmes's foggy london town Ooh, with da vinci <laughs> um you know i know we had a handful of creeks and i'm sure bad creeks. kids went there because i would see um you know cans of crushed up cans of sprite and graffiti so i'm sure bad kids went there i was never invited um the the first thing i thought when you brought this up was um well i know where everyone want, went one time that i desperately wanted to go and was not allowed to go and that was to the three oaks community center which was uh basically like a just a shitty like a vfw hall type thing but everyone went there to be extras in the papa roach cut my life into pieces video because they went to our local high school and used a bunch of kids in the video so if you watch that video you'll see a bunch of classmates of mine who were mean to me and i was not allowed to go uh that were so was everybody in your town like just so hot for Papa Roach because they were like hometown heroes. Oh yeah. I blame, I started to touch on this when we were talking about desert people. I blame slash credit, depending on your perspective, Papa Roach with the entire sort of post punk new metal movement of suburban California, uh, Northern anyway. I think they gave us that black haired, gauged in the ears but drives a huge fucking truck but also weirdly might be into crystals like you have a weird california hippie mixed with metal kid but also like you can skateboard that started with papa roach they originated it don't come at me don't at me i don't want the history lesson this is what i believe you're gonna have some corn with a k fans uh in your menchies yeah, but they could be corn with the K fans from afar. Meanwhile, the band Cake was just kicking out soft little jammy jams from Sacramento, just soft funky <laughs> jams, and that didn't infiltrate our town. It was Papa Roach. Yeah, wow. I will always remember I uh you know, that like that Papa Roach song that you mentioned was you know, everywhere the year it came out. Um and I will always be mad at the lyric that goes suffocation no, no breathing. breathing that's just what suffocation is you're just repeating it's you're just saying what it is anyway i'm still mad about that you don't think that was a parenthetical like for the sake of clarity it could, <laughs> right in case someone didn't know what suffocation meant yeah suffocation you know that means no breathing no breathing don't give a fuck if i cut my arm bleeding right because the bleeding i think was also a parenthetical yeah cut my arm bleeding <laughs> No, you're right. I should consult my AP style guide before <laughs> getting mad about Papa Roach. 
<laughs> Always have a style guide handy when you're listening to Papa Roach lyrics. <laughs> There's a whole section of the AP style guide that's just Papa Roach stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Capitalization, et cetera. Is it one word or two? The whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Were there like shows? Were there like music shows you could go to? Was there a venue or did you have to like... Hump it over to the sack. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I was young and wasn't allowed to get in anyone's car who was under 25, but also if anyone was over 25, my dad would be like, why do you know someone who's over 25? <laughs> so I just wasn't allowed to get in anyone's car. Um, yeah, it's a tough situation. Then our only venue was that same, the Three Oaks Community Center, and there'd be weird little shitty Battle of the Bands hardcore shows there all the time. And then when I got old enough to drive, I would drive to Sacramento I would try to drive to San Francisco, but I felt like I couldn't crack the code on how to get tickets for those shows. I went to a few, but Sacramento just had more of like an all ages. It was a little easier to get there. Yeah, you got to go to your bass ticket outlets. Mm hmm. Different bass. Exactly. <laughs> not the bass, one, bass ticket one's outlet. One's a shoe source. Not, not the bass <laughs> loafer outlet. <laughs> God, there was so much bass in my life in like 1999. I had no idea. <laughs> and I mean, who knew that uh, Bass Pro Shop was hardly a glimmer in the eye? Sure. Right? Didn't even register. Not to mention Big Mouth Billy. Oh, gosh, oh. yeah. That was the golden days <laughs> of Big Mouth Billy. And don't get me started on Giants outfielder Randy Bass. <laughs> See, uh, we were Oakland A's fans, so I wouldn't even know about a Giants outfielder. No, Gosh, you so were just bass. thinking about Luis Polonia. Mm, sure. <laughs> Luis Polonia. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, Jesse, were you a Giants fan? Did you have to be a Giant? I know nothing about sports. I don't even know why I'm taking us down this road. I'm just going to fizzle out and have nothing to say. Well, I mean, the good news is Jordan can fill in for you. Yeah, I uh, say this is yeah, it's a, a fun recurring thing on the show is when Jesse and the guests can talk about sports, and I I'm just struggling for a way in. But now hey, neither me or got, the guest knows a way in. You've got your fond memories of Jim Abbott, the one-handed pitcher of the California Angels. <laughs> That's true. Yes, I can talk about some some Angels from you know 1989 to 1992. I think we uh, okay. both had favorite one-handed pitchers because you have Jim Abbott and I have uh, Giants pitcher Dave Dravecki who lost an arm to cancer. <laughs> Two heroes. Huh. Two heroes. Two great heroes. And of course, see Kevin Bass, not Randy Bass. God damn it. Oh, man. R.I.P. your mentions. Oh. <sighs> that was going to bother you forever. My menchies are destroyed now giants fans corn with a k fans were angering were angering the most vocal of the internet fans kevin bass randy bass (laughs) they're both (laughs) tweeting at me oh no tawny of those like community center bands was there anybody else from your hometown who like made it to a national stage or was it just papa roach I, as far as I know, it was just Papa Roach. I could be, Vacaville stands, get at me if I'm wrong. But uh, as far as <laughs> bands, I think they're the only one we've got. <laughs> I'm a total uh, Vacaville stand. I follow them on tour. <laughs> Vacaville. From Vacaville to Vacaville. There is a very funny account called Visit Vacaville on Instagram that my um, childhood best friend sends me periodically things from. And it is... It's pretty wild, uh, the things that go on there. What are some of the top Vacaville things? That's what we're trying to get into here. What are the Vacaville secrets? What's the best restaurant in Vacaville? The best restaurant in Vacaville, 
Teenage me would have said Strings Italian Bistro because I thought it was the fanciest place in the world and I did not know it was a chain and basically an Italian cafeteria. Great Um, fancy voice, by the way. Yeah. Thank you so much. Enjoy this tablecloth. (laughs) Now I think the best restaurant in Vacaville, I mean, I... I've never had fonder memories than at a a Chevy's Tex-Mex. So, and and I can never find them in proper cities like Chicago and Los Angeles. So when I go home to Vacaville, I'm like, we're going to Chevy's. I'm going to get just endless chips and salsa. I'm going to drink 40 margaritas and we're going to hash some shit out. We had a Chevy's. We, I think we had a Chevy's growing up. I think uh, Gail Morris loved a Chevy's. They are perfect, aren't they? What did they say? What do you get at a Chevy's? I think it's Nachos? just like, uh, yeah, well, Tani, you could, I, I only vaguely remember it. Tani, can you describe it? I mean, it's just big, generic Mexican food. They say it's Tex-Mex, but it's not Tex-Mex in the way that, like, if you go to Texas, y- you know, you're getting, like, queso and things that aggressively feel sort of fusion-y. It feels more just, like, generic, inoffensive Mexican food. You can get a platter of enchiladas, drink bottomless margaritas and you're going to see the ladies from the bank after they get off work all getting tanked at the bar it's like it's towny christmas i love it so much i tell you what i love a hot ass enchilada plate i love a just a fucking scalding hot just a don't touch enchilada plate with a sheet of cheese melted over everything it just fucking the rules cheese is orange and white alternating stripes mm-hmm mm-hmm <laughs> I like when they like when they bring the that fucking plate over to you and they they've got their hands in oven mitts yeah that are holding tongs that are holding the plate and they drop it on the table and it burns a hole through the table and they're like do not touch that don't try and eat it and then you immediately grab it because you're dumb but you deserve it you immediately <laughs> eat it because you're dumb and nasty <laughs> <laughs> I'm dumb and nasty and I got a big hot plate. <laughs> That should be on one of those shirts that you see advertised on Facebook that has the 10 different fonts. Yes. I'm a Scorpio. I'm dumb and nasty. I got a big hot plate and you will never take my gun. (laughs) Said my hot wife. People see it and they're like, I'm on board, but I don't get what it's for. (laughs) I'm just a little lost, but like I support you. Somebody comes up and it's like, what the fuck is that t-shirt about? You just say enchiladas, baby. (laughs) Bail. Then you you high five that person. (laughs) Enchiladas and the second amendment, you talk. (laughs) You'll get my enchiladas when you pry them from my cold dead mouth. Man, enchiladas are pretty fucking boss, man. I'll, uh, the restaurant by yeah. my the restaurant by my corner that is my favorite restaurant. Shout out to La Abeja, man. They serve up some enchis, and I will fuck them up. All kinds, red, green, Damn. all of them. Give me those enchis. So, how do they travel? Have you done them post post Rona? Have you done them post the teen? <sighs> That's the, the thing, teen nineteen. It's one block from my house. I just oh, zip them shit. home. I, I hang out outside. The, I hang out outside the door, sort of in the same way that the that the weird guys from the anarchist bicycle shop next door do. And, and then when it's ready, I just jump in. I carry it home as quick as I can, and then it's munch, munch, munch on those inches. Hell yeah, you figured it out. Because like even one block more, that's a lake of of ruined sadness. Yep. The, well, in here's a plastic the, bag. Here's the thing about. When I call, they know it's me because uh, my children's <laughs> orders are uh, one plate of beans and rice with no cheese, 
one plate of beans and rice with regular cheese and one plate of beans and rice where my daughter will fucking scream at me if I say the wrong number of cheeses. So it's like extra, 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 extra cheese. This is complicated shit. Oh my God. <laughs> you've got the th- you've got Goldilocks living in your house. Like you've got all three bears. Neurodiversity is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's beautiful. Oh, I love that. Just make sure the kids don't get into porridge. When Grace <laughs> Oh yeah. When Gracie, my daughter, announced that she wanted her extra, 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 extra cheese, but she didn't like it on top because then it melts. It was like, oh no. And forgive me, let me not tell this this perfect child what she needs, but does she not just want an order of rice and beans and then maybe some shredded cheese from your fridge in your home? No, wrong kind of cheese. Wrong cheese, 100%. Wrong cheese. Could you, well, Jesse, could you fucking buy the kid the right kind of cheese? I don't like, know. Like, I'm trying to help you simplify this problem. <laughs> I don't have the suppliers. You can figure out a cheese blend. Look, it's going to be a Jack. It's going to be a Colby Jack. Tawny. You can buy beans at the store too. You don't you're not yelling at me for not buying beans at the store. The restaurant has the touch. No, restaurant beans and rice, that's a different thing. But I'm saying if she doesn't even want the cheese melted, that's just cold shreds. You can approximate that. She does not accept approximations. All right. An approximation is an abomination, as far as my mm. daughter is concerned. Okay, and you're right. Let me not tell this child what she needs. You know what she needs? She needs a little time out in the Mojave Desert. Abe. How many bedrooms does this house of yours have? Bring her out here. We got a 16 and up policy. How long she got? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody under 25, but nobody over 25. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know, every episode of Jordan, Jesse Go is, of course, supported by the members of MaximumFun.org. And our thanks go out to each and every one of you who is a member. You can go to MaximumFun.org slash join if you want to join their number. We're also this week supported by our friends at Manscaped. You know, the holidays are getting close And Manscaped is offering a performance package. (laughs) That's true, Jesse. Uh, Manscaped, man, this would make a great uh, holiday gift uh, for someone with hair growing on and in their body. Uh, Here's what this package includes. (laughs) Wait, in? In. I guess I was talking about the nose. I was guess I was talking specifically I about okay. the nose. Thank you. I immediately went to inside the stomach. <laughs> if you if you know someone with spleen hair, Manscaped <laughs> cannot help you. But uh, if you know someone who has uh, uh, ear and nose hair they're looking to get rid of, um, check out uh, the Manscaped Performance Package. It includes the Weed Whacker. It's a waterproof ear and nose hair trimmer. It uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Uh, I've used it myself. It works terrific. Um uh, could could not recommend the weed whacker more. Uh, it, it is a it's a hoot to get in there and whack those weeds. You know what I did the other day? I used the lawnmower. Right. And look, I'm not here to brag, 
but I have a very hirsute butt. <laughs> Sounds a little like a brag, but go ahead. In some key areas, I, I just use that lawnmower to take it down a little. You know, not, not overall. People love that. People love to see their hair on my butt. But in a few key areas, I just toned it down some. And I did it in the shower. Lawnmower, also waterproof. And what can I say other than it went great. Jordan, how's your butt? Well, my butt formally had a lot of unsightly hair, but uh, then I got the lawnmower. That boy's shiny is a $3 Asian bear that I talked about last week. You remember last week's show? <laughs> Which is technically not that shiny, but... It's the Olympic variety, by the way. People were asking me about the specific Asian pair. It's the Olympic variety. Oh, sounds very nice. Well, listen, no matter what variety of pear or just autumn fruit you prefer, get 20% off and free shipping with the code JJGO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code JJGO. Get the performance package now and receive two free gifts, the Manscaped boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Oh, this is great. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. You should see the butt on Santa, by the way. <laughs> this Just thing smooth. This thing is as smooth and shiny as an autumn satsuma. It's, it's like a kumquat, this butt. We're also supported this week by our friends at Kitty Poo Club. Yes. This is a service that sends you regular kitty poo. Is that correct? <laughs> well, Jesse, no, that's uh, that does not exist as far as I know. Oh, wait, um, no. I'm thinking of cats. Cats are a service that sends you regular kitty poo. Yes, that's yes. You can you can get them at your at your local shelter. I, as far as I know, there's nobody who mails them to you. But um, <laughs> it seems I like could a be bit wrong. Much. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no. That's dogs. I was going to say Garfield would mail them to you if you live in Djibouti, but that's <laughs> that's dogs specifically. Abu Odie. Dhabi, I believe. Abu Dhabi is Abu where. Dhabi. Uh, Thank you. Garfield was always trying to mail Nermal too. But hey, here. Oh, listen. Here's the deal. Uh, if you have a cat, uh, which I do, uh, you know that that one of the downsides to cat ownership, um, uh, cat ownership has many upsides, but one of the downsides is the litter box. Uh, it's gross. It's it's a it's a pain to clean. Uh, here's what you do: you go to the Kitty Poo Club, and they're going to deliver you an affordable, high quality, recyclable litter box that is pre-filled with the litter of your choice. The box is leak-proof, eco-friendly, and it has a fun seasonal design. So what what happens when your uh, box is full of poos? Here's what you do. You keep it for a month. When the month is up, you recycle the box, and Kitty Poo Club automatically delivers a new one to you. No changing the used litter and no more cleaning the box. Uh, this will improve your life. It'll make things less stinky around the house. Uh, Kitty Poo Club. Boy, I, I sure love a sponsor segment where we get to talk about balls and poo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's also what we're usually talking about in the rest of the program. <laughs> yeah, sure. The wand finds the wizard, as they say. 
Right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering you 20% off your first order when you set up auto ship by going to kittypooclub.com and enter promo code JJGO. Kittypooclub.com, enter promo code JJGO. You get 20% off when you set up auto ship. Kittypooclub.com. And don't forget to enter promo code JJGO at checkout and make Santa proud. We've also got a message up on the Jumbotron where you can share your message with your fellow Jordan Jesse Go listeners. This is a message for Johnny Fashion Pants from C. Diddy. Here's the message. Happy birthday, Johnny Fashion Pants. You've been the Dip Dobson to my Chip Dipson for 25 years, and I love watching you go full short in life. Keep it up, buddy. That's nice. Nobody sweeter than C. Diddy. Throwing in some references. You should have mentioned Walton Goggins. Other than that, a perfect jumbotron. Yeah, <laughs> or you, they could have mentioned that I was born in San Francisco and lived there for quite some time. So you know, it's a a, a pretty good. Let's just call it a B minus jumbotron. Yeah, if you want to do a room for improvement, if you want to do a B or B plus jumbotron, go to maximumfun.org/jumbotron. Also, before we leave this segment, Jordan, I want to mention. Free shipping code for my store, the Put This On Shop. It's the holiday season. It's the gifting season. I know people are looking for special things to give people, especially since you can't go to stores or oughtn't to be going to stores unnecessarily. PutThisOnShop.com and use the code JJGO. It's my vintage and antique store. Lots of beautiful treasures there for you. Uh, waiting. Waiting for you, Jordan. Waiting for you. Want a 60s little bug pin? I got some of those. Man, those are really fun. Anyway, put this on shop.com. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Um, Tony Newsom, homemade ketchup. <laughs> wow. Is this something that you're working on? <laughs> mm, something I aspire to. Never tried it. I made some mayo this week. Oh, I've done that. That's satisfying, huh? Then I used it to make some ranch. Okay. I like that. I like the layering. Emulsification. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Got to get a good lather. You ever made a mayonnaise, Jordan? No, I've never made a mayonnaise. I got to tell you, I was intimidated by making mayonnaise, but uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt, cooking, cooking maven Kenji Lopez-Alt, has this system, and all you do is you put the oil and the egg and the lemon juice into a jar that is a little wider than your stick blender, and then you just shove your stick blender in there, and it works every time. It's incredible. Yeah. If you get the ratio right, it 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 totally works. Uh, when something momentous happens to you, like you finally successfully make your own mayonnaise, and it's a fucking revelation, give us a call two zero six nine eight four four fun or send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun dot org. Here is an example of one such momentous occasion. Hey jjgo, this is PK in Minneapolis, and I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. I'm out on one of my bullshit government-mandated walks, and I just watched a raptor turkey try to cross the street. What? Let me ask you this, Shawnee. Out in the Mojave Desert, does the government say that every day you got to take a little fucking walk? You know, you got to leave your house, take a little fucking walk. Yeah. Oh, hi, neighbors. Oh, I'm taking a little fucking walk. 
yeah, this uh, this call threw me until I realized, oh, yeah, that black helicopter that shows up every day where five people from the CIA and the, I don't know, Department yes. of fucking Homeland yeah. Security hop out and they go, show me your step counter on your watch. And I reluctantly show them. <laughs> and then they're like, got to take a walk. Yeah, I've had that problem. I was just in my front yard and I was thinking about taking a walk, but I hadn't taken a little walk yet. Helicopter comes in. <laughs> and then I hear... Hi, this is Dr. Fauci. How's your fucking walk going? (laughs) On a bullhorn from the helicopter. Then he rappels down, (laughs) kicks my ass. I mean, black and blue. Yeah. First of all, a knee square to the nads, okay? I crumple. Then he starts giving it to me in the head, leaves me in a bloody heap, and he says, take your fucking walk was crazy. And you're going to live 10 more years because of that. Uh, yeah. Tawny, the next time you, you see that helicopter, just make yeah. sure you don't let them take your bone knives and you don't let them take your enchiladas. No. They'll, yeah. You'll pry my bone knife out of my hot, scalded enchilada hands. <laughs> you got to use a fork for those, Tawny. <laughs> this is the wife of a sassy husband. With plenty of bone knives and four enchiladas verdes de queso. <laughs> oh, is the t-shirt Lord. that I'm imagining right now. Oh, you know what I want a t-shirt okay. of? Wait, I just have to take a hmm, tangent on Fauci because my dad said this to me the other day and I have not yet recorded my own podcast and I have had nowhere to put this information. So I just need it here preserved for record. I asked my father if he was going to take the vaccine when it comes out and he said... I'll take whatever that little egghead tells me to take. And he's talking about Dr. Fauci. <laughs> and he only refers to him as that little egghead. <laughs> I love the idea that your dad believes Fauci, but if he saw him, would want to like bully him by giving him a Dutch rub or a wedgie. Yeah. He's like, you're a nerd and I hate nerds, but I trust you implicitly. <laughs> hey, uh, Poindexter, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for saving us. Alemo says what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a fucking swirly, but I'm going to wait till the summer after they've distributed the vaccine. <laughs> that little egghead Fauci. Little egghead. You're lucky I'm social distancing on your advice, egghead. <laughs> <laughs> My arms are too short to box with you six feet away from me. Okay, press play on the call, Brian. I'm out on one of my bullshit government-mandated walks, and I just watched a rafter of turkeys trot across the street, then break on into a full sprint and started attacking a murder of crows. Get them, get them, get them. <laughs> USA number one, Benjamin Franklin, official bird, turkey. <laughs> this is an alien versus predator. Whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> I realized as we were listening back that we did fully like 10 minutes on just his first like four words. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, not a, there's not a lot going on on this show, Tawny. You got to you got to find the content I love wherever it. It's, it is. You got It's very fertile. Everyone's very every rife full of comedy. I like it. I will tell you out here where I live, I will watch a murder of crows. They will absolutely body a red-tailed hawk. Like they will humiliate <laughs> a red-tailed hawk, wow. and chase it off the mountain. And it makes me a little sad, because I like the hawks. Yeah, hawks are way better than crows. 
possums are way better than crows. Scorpions what? are better than crows. Uh, ground marmots are better than crows. I love the crows. No, crows are coming up with a scheme all the time. They are. You shouldn't be talking trash about them. Crows hold grudges. They'll listen to this pod and then they'll remember your face for 20 years. They know they're on my shit list. Fuck crows. Damn. I read this article, speaking of turkeys, I read this article in the New York Times. The New York Times has been going in pretty hard on uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, the president of the United States. And uh, there was this article that was like a total takedown of Donald Trump. And it was about how much he enjoys the turkey pardoning. And like basically the premise was the only part of being president that Donald Trump likes besides like, you know, parades is pardoning the turkey. And he always seems to get a really big kick out of it. And this was a multi-author article, you know, like all of the White House correspondents for the New York Times contributed to this article. And they they wrote this article like in a in a scandalous tone, like where our breath will be taken <laughs> away. That his true passion is pardoning a turkey. And I read the whole article, and there's plenty of you know there's this guy. I don't know if you guys have been following the news, but this scan this guy is has a fair number of scandals. Mm. And if you guys read that in the newspaper, I mean I'm talking about significant scandals. Mm. Donald Trump, the businessman. I saw. Anyway, I saw a graph in USA Today. Now that you mention it, yeah, I was. I read this entire article about him pardoning the turkey and how much he likes it. And at the end of it, my takeaway from it was like, this has significantly humanized Donald Trump. I too would love pardoning a turkey. (laughs) Oh right, like you're identifying with it. That's a tremendous feeling. You're a master of life and death at that point. Yeah. God, it's got to feel great watching that turkey flap his way down the interstate after you let him go, you know? <laughs> Headed back to Turkeyton. I never understood the pardoning of the turkey. Are we are, are we collectively tacitly agreeing that turkeys en masse have done something wrong that they then need to be pardoned for? <laughs> yeah, they've grown too muscular. That is our fault. Like, factually. Not even... Yes, <laughs> That we did that. So what has a turkey done that we that has not been do, done unto him? They do have the gross neck. Ask that question of the Americans who are incarcerated right now. <laughs> what have they done that we have not done unto them? Yeah. Yeah. Could we pardon some weed dealers? Why are we pardoning turkeys? Tawny, you mentioning the the crows going after the hawk mm-hmm. thank um, you for circling back quite literally <laughs> much like a hawk <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh we'll circle its prey is are you finding the desert to be a cruel place <laughs> is this an inside joke no it's not i'm i'm so i'll i oh. uh our uh, our buddy and past guest andy wood did something similar to you he uh he moved out to joshua tree mm. um you know, kind of like just you know to kind of beat the beat beat the rat race, and mm-hmm. he was kind of describing to me his new life in Joshua Tree, which really sounded beautiful. That there's, it's quiet. There's hiking. Uh, he really has some you know fantastic sounding desert people out there that he interacts with you know mm-hmm. on a day to day basis. And I I did I did start to grow envious of his desert lifestyle until he mentioned that there. 
that there were scorpions in the garage, and then I'm like, mm, maybe, oh. maybe not. It seems that seems too cru- that seems like too cruel an environment for me. Do you find it to be cruel and unforgiving? Do you ever find yourself, Tawny? Let me put it this way: Do you ever find yourself crawling along the desert floor, going water, water, <laughs> like the end of um, season two of True Detective? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> yeah. Or do you have any, do you have any problems with mirages? And there's n- been no mirages. So I will say I'm in a unique climate. First of all, your friend is right. The desert is an unforgiving place. I'm also at a high elevation. So we get intense snows and we get mountain storms, which I find really beautiful, but that's also somewhat of a harsh environment. So it is doubly dry because it is both high and it is arid because it's a desert and it it gets all four seasons but they can come and go very quickly and then they can kind of revert like we had snow um on the whatever the saturday was that the election was finally kind of fucking over and everyone was dancing in the street um i forgot what date that was but we had like a little snow dump and now it's been like 60 degrees and sunny and pretty so it's a weird place I, I, we don't have scorpions. We do have rattlesnakes. The only thing that can hurt you here is a rattlesnake. And we've seen like three or four of them a year. And Whoa. you just have to, you know, if they're far enough from your house, you kind of, you let them live. But if they're crawling around your stuff, you got to kind of, you know, deal with them, sadly. Um, but what I will say is that the desert is a harsh place. And so I, as an overachiever, find it very rewarding that I am able to live here and I mean I love it I went for a trail run this morning our trails are completely private and empty I I've never seen another person anywhere that I've hiked or run out here so it suits me fine but but yeah it's a little wild every now and then like 200 bees will just round the corner of the house and everyone has to run inside in a panic so it's a little wild (laughs) right yeah, so you, but you got to weigh that against the trunning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got those bees, but on the plus side, maskless trunning. Are there any problems with desert bears? I have not seen or heard of a desert bear, but I've seen a bobcat. That's cool. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. She laid down and took a nap. I've seen those in Pasadena. Oh, really? Oh, what? So I'm not fucking cool because yeah. you got Pasadena bobcats? <laughs> No, that's why I asked you about the desert bears. I'm only cool if I see a desert Just bear. Trying to kick it up a notch. What about this, Tawny? You met any banditos? Define bandito. They wear like a, you know, uh, like a bandana around their face and they got a big black hat and maybe they ride a horse with with like no saddle. Bareback bandito. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. They, oh, and they definitely have bandoliers. Wait, what's a bandolier? Is that the short jacket we wore in the 90s? No, that was called the Rachel. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was the short jacket on top, but the, then a, a jacket underneath that curled upwards. <laughs> right. Thank you. Good job. Uh, it's like that. Uh, it's like the the bullet belt that goes over your shoulder. Bullet. You know what I'm talking oh, about like oh, yeah, Pancho yeah, yeah. Villa wears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can have all your bullets wears. in a handy sash. Exactly. <laughs> I'll do anything if it's got a sash. That's how I became a small town mayor. Actually, yeah. If you wanted me to do something and I'm not like responding to your DMs or whatever, listeners, offer me a sash and I might do it. <laughs> Tony, have you thought about becoming mayor of the of the municipality where your house is? No, because I don't want anyone to know that I live here. 
I'm very private. Mm. The internet's a terrifying place. I'm always very vague about where we live. Uh, and my and I don't know my neighbors at all. My husband does. He keeps up appearances for us, but I hide from everyone. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> I think you should run for mayor. Ugh. I think this is your shot. You know... You could be big time. I could be a big time... We don't even have a town, so we don't have a mayor. Mm. Is there garbage pickup? Yes. I should run for garbage... G- g- commissioner garbage commissioner (laughs) garbage alderman (laughs) what about uh what about what about hawk protector oh yeah 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 yeah. is that an appointed is that an appointed position is that an elected is that an elected thing Uh, no you just got a train of murder of crows (laughs) yep and then but wait but then i protect the hawk or i protect things from the hawk, right? I would. What I was getting. It sounds to me from your story earlier is that the hawk, the hawk, which is a, a beautiful, you know, majestic. I'm assuming endangered animal is being, you know, bullied by crows. I was mm. thinking that perhaps the local hawks needed some sort of election elected official to take care of them. But, um, but no, if you think right. you want to, if you're wanting to protect rodents and such from the hawks, I mean, I'm I'm not going to get in your way. Well, maybe it's more of a like land and air uh, wildlife uh, commissioner where I am attempting to protect all life, which is going to, you know, you're going to have conflicts, but what politician doesn't have their hands in a couple of pies, you know? So, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's, I mean, that's why you get into the game to have access to all those pies. Right. And make a lot of promises. You start with one of those four and twenty blackbirds pies, and you go from there. Right. I wonder what the difference is between a blackbird and these crows. Please, no one tell me. No one at me and tell me that. I don't actually want to know. I think I already know, and I was just talking. What I think is ultimately important is that, Tawny, I could really see you training and utilizing a team of evil crows. Yeah. Like, it just does your dirty work for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have that in me. (laughs) <laughs> like witch style, like witchy, witchy. Yeah, not a full witch thing, but witchish. I I like it because it sounds like you agree that I couldn't like say poison a person. But what I what yeah. I would be very suited for is a theatrical deterrent, and that's what mm-hmm. a trained murder of crows sounds like. If they could, if someone comes up to my property and I don't want them here, a swooping, swirling, choreographed group of crows that seems like they understand your human language seems like the perfect <laughs> spooky yeah, deterrent. fucking Blue Angel style. Yes. <laughs> it's a show of force. Let's take another call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, uh, Roman Mars. Close. I'm just coming out of anesthesia, so I'm still a little Ooh. slow, but I got a colonoscopy, a bronchoscopy, that's your lungs, and uh, an ileoscopy. So they went into my uh, ostomy hole on my belly and looked at my small intestine, and um, yeah, I've had a lot of medical procedures over the years, but this is the first time I got uh, triple penetrated in one day, so a uh, momentous occasion. I love you. Man, what oscopy did this guy not get? Wow. Answer me that, Jordan. Yeah, I can't believe we're first, you're hearing from somebody who's had the legendary trip pen. Wait, 
breakdown for me again the oscopies what did he have colonoscopy i got lungoscopy and small intestinoscopy wow didn't know either of those were things well how do you think you how do you think you take a look at what's inside your uh intestine without an oscopy mm, a witch blows smoke down your throat <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then she looks in her Fair cauldron enough. and uh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> your friend just smoke witch right. and <laughs> Yeah, and then it glows in your crystal ball. By the way, have you tried a smoked French witch? That is my new favorite thing to order at Jimmy John's. <laughs> sure. I uh, uh, I was watching a movie today on a streaming service that like has ads. So you know how they'll just like awkwardly blast a fucking loud ass ad at you somewhere in the movie that you know, like it wasn't edited for these ads. It'll just randomly drop one in. Um, And also you, you know, uh, and also it's, you know, you see the same, over the course of the movie, you see the same ad, you know, 10 times. Um, Mm -hmm. And the one they kept playing or one that they kept playing was for, was for Jersey Mike's, the sandwich chain Jersey Mike's. And it was encouraging you to get a party sub for yourself. It was a like, who needs catering? And like, it, it's, it, and I'm like, ah, uh, I mean, I'm, listen, I realize self care is so important and we cannot judge people for things they're doing, especially in times like these. But party sub to yourself? I don't know. Is that a, is that a bridge too far? Here's what's going on, Jordan. They have too many party subs because nobody's having these parties. Sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, I sympathize with Jersey Mike. The Vacaville, <laughs> the Vacaville party sub outlet closed. Mm-hmm. It became a Le Creuset outlet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, yeah, they we, used to send excess party subs to Vacaville, obviously. Started as a Togo's, now we hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you got to, you know, you got to do something with them. You got to sell them somehow. So you... Go on IMDb TV. <laughs> you sell them. Damn. In a, in a screening of Earth Girls Are Easy <laughs> that Jordan's watching. Love Earth Girls Are Easy. I, you know what's interesting is that, I don't know if it's interesting, but what is strange to me is that there are all these, um, you know, all these marketing tactics that are clearly just leftover things from before the pandemic that they were planning on pushing whether it was like different graduation parties or whatever, but like they had marketing budget dedicated to things like party subs or whatever, and they just had to quick pivot. And party sub for one feels like the quickest, hastiest pivot I've ever heard. Yeah. It it doesn't track. Yeah, that's a five on my desk by five (laughs) uh, fucking solution there. Just, Just somebody came and yelled at a conference room full of marketing guys. What the fuck are we going to do with these party subs? <laughs> We're deciding by the end of the day. Bring me your ideas. But I mean, I guess, I guess, a, I guess a family, I guess a big family could take down a party sub in two days, right? Is that Jesse? What you have three kids and and a wife? Do you think how long do you think it would take your family to get through a party sub? I don't know how much cheese is on it. I think you'd have to do one third no oh, cheese, right. one third extra, regular extra, cheese, extra, extra one cheese. third yeah. extra 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 cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I think, presuming that at some point in the future, my children learn to eat anything other than rice cakes with cream cheese on them, I think we could take down a part. Are we talking about a six-footer? Boy, I don't know exactly how long. I mean, how long is the average party sub? 
Six feet, 12 feet? I mean, six I've heard six feet, inches, right? but I've also heard that the girth is what's important. Right. And if the sandwich is generous with oral sex. A lot of <laughs> factors going into what makes a good sandwich. Jimmy John's, <laughs> eating and <ancient. laughs> Right. <laughs> hey, it's me, Jersey Mike. I don't mind going downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, I'm very sex positive. It's me, Jersey Mike, and I always hey, say hey, it's, it's me, me before I introduce myself. <laughs> it's, it's me, Potbellies. Try the cookies. <laughs> Those Potbelly cookies are good. We're a sandwich place, but try, tr- seriously though, just try the cookies. <laughs> oh, Potbellies, <laughs> you just can't compete. It's all anybody talks about. I mean, the, the sandwiches are good too. We have a dedicated following, but really, it's a really it's a cookies. cookies. Okay, have a good one. The cookies. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely, and yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge? Eh, probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But let's be honest, this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here. But like, in a smart way. Yeah. Join us every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, tell us something we don't know. La, 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 la. All right, Adam, uh, Maximum Fun wants us to record like a promo to tell people that they should listen to The Greatest Generation. You want to do that? No, I am tired of all the extra work. I just wanted to talk about Star Trek with my friend. I, I think it, it would be good to like try and get some new listeners by appealing to the audiences of other shows. Like this, this will only take a minute or two. It could be good for us. We sit down for an hour every week and talk about a Star Trek episode and make a bunch of idiotic fart jokes about it. It's embarrassing. If it got out that we made this show, I think it would make us unemployable. Adam... I have bad news for you. We have tens of thousands of listeners at MaximumFun.org. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to throw up. The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. Every Monday on MaximumFun.org. I'm really going to be sick. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Tawny Newsome, I'm the, the I'm the AirPods you thought you lost. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm here now. They were in the change dish. <laughs> you spent $250 again needlessly, you dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't hurt to have a backup. Maybe you can give them as a Christmas gift to your bratty niece. Hey, it's me, Jimmy John. Get your fucking act together. <laughs> oh, Jimmy John. Happy holidays. <laughs> hey, happy holidays, Jimmy John. <laughs> I'm Pan. Pan Polly. <laughs> so sex positive. Oh, I'll fuck anything as long as we can play board games after. <laughs> It's me, Subway. I'm a sapiosexual. <laughs> it's me. Oh, <laughs> Subway. No, Subway. Uh, Tawny. It's me, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> We're doing sandwich places, Jesse. 
He's not a sandwich place. No, no, no. Let that little egghead in here. Whatever that little egghead has to say, I'm going to listen to. <laughs> Get that little egghead. I only fuck Miss... I only fuck Mrs. Fauci. Um, <laughs> uh, Tony Newsom, you we mentioned at the top of the show that you have a brand new record album, but tell me, tell us about this brand new record album, especially for folks who did not even know that you were a singer. Oh yeah. Um, so the quick pitch of me being a singer is I am one. I promise. I've been doing it a long time. Um, yeah. No. I, I. So I've sung with a lot of bands. I sung with a guy named John Langford, who was a punk musician. A band called Mekons. Did most of my stuff with him. A lot of a lot of fun, cool stuff out of the uh, Bloodshot Records in Chicago cadre of folks. And uh, I've for a long time wanted to do something all my own. Coincidentally, I did it with my good friend Bethany Thomas, so it's all our own. Because I can't ever do anything alone, alone, you know. Because that's I don't know. It makes it makes me sad. But uh, she came out here and quarantined in my little trailer that I had <laughs> renovated on my weirdo compound. And yeah, we just wrote, recorded, mixed. We we made a whole record ourselves in my studio and. I taught myself to engineer by watching YouTube videos, which was very wild. Um, shout out to all the metalheads out there who helped me. Yeah, and then we put it on our band camp. It's available everywhere, so you can listen everywhere. But if you would like to support us, we'd love for you to go to um, tawnyandbethany.com. That's our band camp, and you can uh, buy vinyl there and all that. But yeah, it's basically just we, we're two black women who have been often relegated to singing backup. This was like back in our 20s in Chicago where... You know, it was really fun to like get invited to sing for a Rolling Stones cover band and you'd make a hundred bucks, you'd drink all the Miller High Life you could, and you'd scream your throat out singing Gimme Shelter. <laughs> um, but uh, this was a chance for us to stand in front and do our own thing. And you got our buddy Ted Leo on the record. Yeah, man. Oh, Ted's the fucking best. He plays on the closer, he sings on the closer. Um, it's called Carry Something. The closing song is wild because. Bethany and I are the only voices on the whole record, very intentionally. And then at the end, we have our guitarist, Patrick Martin, and Ted sing together, which for me was kind of a symbolic thing of like, we're these two black women who have backed up so many very talented white men our whole careers. On our last track on our first album together, we'd love to just have these two white guys like just sing a little something together. Um and it ends up being really beautiful. It becomes this kind of like a heavy folk. It's it, my friend Alex Kleiner called it the most fucked up folk song ever written because Ted plays like a ripping guitar solo on it. So it's it's one of my favorites. I think we're gonna we're gonna run a song after our after our credits. Do you have a favorite? Is there a single from the record? Well, since you brought up Carrie something, let's do some heavy folk. All right. Well, we'll hear Tawny Newsom and Bethany Thomas at the end of the program, so make sure and stay tuned. Uh, of course, Tawny is uh, out there on, on your television sets. Uh, Tawny is doing Yo, Is This Racist? Tawny is Tawny's all over everywhere. There's no shortage of Tawny Newsom for you to check out and enjoy, uh, but tawnyandbethany.com is the website for Material Flats. It'll take you to the Bandcamp, or you can just search on your Bandcamp. I got that Bandcamp app on my phone. It's a nice app. Listen. I love that app. 
And I would also just like to say the album is really fucking great, Tani. I had it on all day around the house. Uh, it's awesome. There's a song about dinosaurs. I don't think we mentioned that. It's, <laughs> it's really tremendous. Really, really made my week. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Tani, you have podcast news to share with us. Yes, thank you, Jesse. And wait, there's more. Um, so my podcast with my friend Andrew T, Yo, Is This Racist, has recently moved to be an independent podcast. We just wanted to take control of everything, basically, much in the same way that I did my album. Um, and so we moved to a, a an independent feed, but also a subscription-based model. And we're calling it Suboptimal Pods suboptimalpods.com where you can go to subscribe to not just yo is this racist but also what we're calling our racism antidote show it's called yo can we live where we talk about fun things that brown people are doing instead of the racism they're suffering um (laughs) and then uh we're also piloting a lot of like uh one-off pods and limited series and putting it all in an easy little subscription bundle so check out suboptimalpods.com sounds very fun to me we're pro that we support it yeah Tony, it's always a joy to get to talk to you. Thank you for coming on Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, Jordan Jesse Go is uh, produced by Brian Sunny D Fernandez. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris. You can go to facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go and like us there, as well as join the Maximum Fun Facebook group on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Reddit at Maximum Fun dot reddit dot com email us jjgo at maximumfun.org call us 206-984-4fun our theme music is love you by the free design and uh courtesy of the free design and light in the attic records their label and on our way out here's our guest tawny newsom and bethany thomas with carry something can i come down and I'm way over here, but I can see you struggling, honey. Can I come down and help? It sure looks heavy. Can I come down and give you a hand? I see that you're straining, and I don't want you to drop it. Can I come down and give you my hand? What can I do to help? Way up there, but I can see you waving to me What can I do to help? It must be heavy How can I make the day better for you? I'll gather materials, anything you need, you got it What can I do to give you a
something heavy can you help? Can you come hold me when I need a friend? We'll handle it carefully, now is the worst time to drop it. Can you come down and give me your MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.